What's happening, people? It's the Sunday podcast. Happy New Year, January 3rd, 2021. I've, I've been looking forward to seeing anything but 2020 for so long. Pretty much nine months. And here we are. And check that out. What you're hearing, the breakup in the sound there. Let's see if I can give myself a little more juice here. The breakup in the sound. Um, is coming from a delay pedal. I just got... Woo! Oh, I like that sound. It's a really nice, really nice subtle breakup. I just got the Hungry Robot, Moby Dick version 2. That's what you're hearing there. I'll play you a little bit of stuff I was just messing with in a second. As always, this podcast sponsored by none other than let's see what's it going to be this week why not yannick's bass studio kind of on a roll with that last week and i'm on a roll with filming as well this whole month is kind of dedicated to the bass studio not only that but it's dedicated on some slightly more accessible content in terms of your time and and a lot of people i've been hearing a lot of feedback about from from people about like oh well you know be great if it was in kind of smaller bite-sized chunks where you get a small piece of information that you can then go and work on for as little as 10 or 15 minutes or as long as an hour or two so that is the is the plan this month is to record a bunch of brand new material for the base studio yannicksbassstudio.com subscriptions are back it is 46 cents a day to be a member i'm just going to throw that out there that is uh, a lot of people say it's oh it's half the price of having a starbucks or it's cheaper than having a star it's like you have to wait days and save up that money just to get just to get an orange juice at starbucks it's kind of kind of crazy am i should i be putting the price up no okay that's the price (laughs) that's the sponsor of this podcast and more than anything else that's just what i'm working on this month which is kind of fun because there are plenty of things in my practice routine, even stuff I'm going to talk about today in the podcast that will feature a little bit on the site. Maybe I'll even do some gear things over the, over there as well. Um, but right now, you can go to Yannick, yeah, yannickspacestudio.com and check out a bunch of different ways, either to just buy a course or to become a full-time member for, like I said, literally 46 cents, 46 of our US cents per day. All right, ad break, ad intro, ad lead is over. This Moby Dick version 2 by Hungry Robot is quite pleasing. I have the Dark World on after that. Let's just play just the delay here. Do not adjust your television sets. As you can tell from my voice, my voice isn't distorting, but that is actually the natural breakup. Uh, There's a lo-fi knob on the delay pedal. It makes some very pleasing sounds. I love that lo-fi stuff. I have in the HX Stomp... Uh, in the shuffling looper, do I? Do I still have it? I do still have it. Check that out. I just posted a little clip of this on Instagram because I've been working on the board and now I have, oh, I should tell you about this as well. I have uh, like a proper functioning workshop here at the house now, soldering iron, all the bits and bobs for uh, for doing custom cable work on my own pedal boards, which is awesome. COVID has pre- prevented me hooking up with Mason Marangella, the rig doctor, and doing a custom build with him. I will do that at some point, but I need I needed a way to do that at home. Chelsea got me a kick-ass soldering iron for Christmas. Uh, I mentioned like once some months ago, and she remembered she's the best like that. And um, 
that arrived on Christmas Day. I had no idea it was coming. It was not one of those like husband gives wife Christmas list, list. wife goes out and buys it, and husband has to feign uh, surprise on Christmas Day. It was very much a surprise, and she got me uh, solder and cable ends and Megami cable. It's fucking crazy. It was a really awesome gift. So um, I'm working on all that stuff. But, of course, I want to do some research before I lock these things down onto a pedal board the moby dick was uh, a new acquisition because i wanted a kind of modulated delay that did lo-fi stuff i tried the red panda the particle did not get on with it well at all unfortunately i'm 0 and 2 on the red panda pedals the tensor and the particle uh went the way of the dodo as far as i'm concerned uh they just didn't work for me it was sad because i think they they do make good sounds it just didn't didn't gel for me so the moby dick version 2 the hungry robot is freaking awesome and was like instantly accessible which i very much appreciate now i have a little glitch loop in the shuffling looper which is running through the hungry robot and the uh, chase bliss dark world um let's see i don't be too loud in the room it's getting late here on sunday um and, I've, and now I'm going to add in the Otto Bit Junior to do woo, to do a little bit of processing, give us some sample rate reduction. And the filter in the Otto Bit Junior is so great. And the Bit Crusher, you can really destroy the sound. It's awesome. And then if I add in the random stutter. You get all kinds of weirdness going on. Now I have a loop that I built earlier into the Eros, into the Singular Sound Eros, using the Dub Terrania, the Ephemeron, the Frantabit, the Aguilar DB925, and the EP booster from Exotic. And I'm just going to slide that in. Uh, let's see here, if I start that and slide it in. And slowly fade out the shuffling looper. I was working on those two different things and you know like fading stuff in and out it's nice to have two looping options in the board the shuffling looper obviously being kind of glitchy and very short and then the eros kind of being the place where like my mixing console where i build everything up like a mini recording studio um but i dig it i'm, I'm finding some really nice options and uh, i just am facing the eternal struggle of real estate pedalboard real estate and what do i keep what do i let go um i'm psyched that jam pedals in greece are building me a custom parallel kind of blender pedal um so i'll be able to cut down on size there because right now i'm using the x blender from exotic which is 
a great pedal, I got to say. It's a great little um, parallel loop pedal. And it has EQ and boost and a phase switch and a big knob on the front for the for the wet dry. I love it. Really great pedal. I was using the Stereo X Blender before. Also a great thing with more channel options. But they're huge. And as much as they're doing something in a utility sense, they're not actually making any sound. And I would much prefer to have a really small pedal that does the parallel loop thing and and get another pedal in here in in its in in place of this large large chassis uh blender thing to actually make some sounds so yes the eternal struggle of uh of pedal board real estate is not going anywhere i hate to break it to you chaps and chap s's god and this this dark world reverb is so nice way more natural sound of the bass here because the mic's so close to the instrument but just the the trails on this thing are so beautiful that's what i like about pedals that make beautiful sounds i've never played that uh chord sequence in my life um and it just it's i like it when the sonic palette makes it inspiring to to to, to be musical thinking about it because i'm trying to be compositional and uh maybe put this down somewhere on, on paper or well i'm recording it here for you guys so at least there's a record of it
there now. love it when that happens when it's not planned it's not pre-arranged it's just part of the practice routine i think we give ourselves a much better chance of success of that or a much better chance of a chance even maybe that's all we need we need a chance of a chance just to, to see if something will happen musically while we practice to keep an open mind you know like it's okay what time is it right now it's it's almost 10 o'clock in the evening so it's not you know, these these aren't, <laughs> for a change, these aren't the first notes of the day. This is my second or, no, my third practice session of the day. So I'm kind of warmed up. Might even be a little bit tired, musically speaking and technique speaking, because I've, I've put in some hours today. But the whole sort of driving force behind behind the process is to give myself a chance to end up right here, right exactly what you just heard. Just to be talking about a reverb randomly, like, oh, yeah, I really like this reverb. It's by Chase Blizz. And then that suddenly becomes, and when they, okay, why do I like the reverb? Because it makes this beautiful sound. And then I'm explaining, oh, let's just get lost in that sound. And then the, 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 the reverb becomes completely, you know, 
almost inconsequential, even though it's an integral part of this thing. You, you sort of forget about all the tech, technical aspects, the gear. You forget about the instrument. You forget about your technique. You forget about your pause. You just forget about everything and just start to to hear melodies. I, I hope, you know, that's always been my, my goal. Um, And you know, here's, here's I think maybe the most important part of all of that. Let's put that in a, in a nutshell here. The most important part of that, and something I've uh, been in a lot of discussions about recently, especially in the Discord, in my Discord server, uh, Twitch, just in general with friends, is you only really afford yourself the chance of success like this. No matter what style of music you play, no matter what instrument you play, um, you, I think you only afford your yourself the, the, a, a better or a good chance of success. If you're focused on the ear first, if you're focused on the immersion, if the bass, for instance, for me, is really inc inconsequential when it comes to my music, it just doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter what it, what the instrument is. It doesn't matter what the technique is. Um, that stuff matters later and is vastly important when you want to execute certain things. But unless the things you want to execute are coming from a place of honesty... I think you can have all the, you know, quote unquote technique. And I give it air quotes because what is technique if not to express an honest uh, emotion? Technique is not the ability to play fast. I consider Charlie Hayden, you know, the upright bass player, Charlie Hayden, to have one of the best techniques of any musician I've ever heard. Because he was, he, not because he flew around the instrument like an acrobat, but because he always gave an honest performance no matter what. Um, and could say so much with so little. That's the other conversation I've been having a lot recently, is the flashy, licky, nammy, uh, Instagrammy kind of kind of mentality of playing. It's, it's based in complete and utter bullshit and is solely attention-grabbing. Um, so that, that really breeds this... I think necessity in some players to show off everything they have in a 15 second video clip um, and that doesn't teach anyone about the ability to express yourself by playing. You know, by playing simple, by playing... You know, 
by being able to play something simple like that i'm not saying that that is that has to be your cup of tea that that should make you cry or that should make you feel an emotion but i i am aware of the fact that um the the, the way it makes me feel to play that way the the connection i've experienced with uh, audiences i play for when i play like that is always far stronger than if i open with or just maintain a constant stream of notes and information the audience you know just gets exhausted as much as density and a wall of sound can be applicable sometimes you know I mean, it's not lost on me that you know michael breck or john coltrane or or uh, uh you know oscar peterson were quite verbose in the way they played at times um but there were just these the the the, the things that tied their language and their expression together what i think i think the thing okay i think the commonality in the technique that that really tied all their expression and their melody and their communication with the audience together was simplicity that's my experience of listening to that music and of trying to understand what it was they were doing and how they were achieving that so that's definitely something i look for the connect the connectivity of the ideas and and how the vehicle that i can give myself to perform within of course the vehicle of, uh, uh, whose boundaries i can push on a constant basis but that doesn't mean with lots of notes that just means uh you know where can i push things harmonically speaking for instance and what can i find the really really does something to for a listener you know um of course there are so many other things that go into that even that um is not is not the whole picture right it's not the whole story because you are one is i am you are i'm sure if you play live or if you get to play live again if we all get to play live again i'm sure you and i alike are just recounting our experiences in life when we perform you know so I think it's also important to have those. That may may sound like a cliche, you know, art mirrors life, blah blah blah, but really like what is your experience? Is your experience sitting at home in your bedroom and just practicing a lot? Well, I hate to break it to you, but I can hear that from a mile away uh when that is the thing because you're just playing all the things you practiced all the time one after the other without too much thought to it. Um I don't think there are too many instances of bedroom bassists or bedroom guitarists who go out and play gigs and really get across to the audience something emotional. Um I think they live on YouTube and on Instagram and um and it's quite easy to to see that, you know, I don't, I don't think it's that difficult to recognize when when a player is that thing. Um I guess it makes it perhaps easier to recognize because maybe they're in such short supply anymore. I think it makes it easier to recognize a player that you go, "Wow, what is that?" you know something like that they've completely perplexed you with simplicity and you don't know why you're feeling the things you're feeling but you're feeling them and you sort of just let go to it you know give over to it that's yeah that's that's what I'm looking for when I listen to music for sure um i i just if i could give any advice or or comment on that kind of part of the human condition i would just say to be aware of that as much as you can and um and go after that seek that out try and experience that as much as you can 
I know that's what I'm looking for. Man, that's probably why I have such a short, uh, such a low threshold for bullshit. Because <laughs> I sort of, I, I've, I don't know whether it's a good or a bad thing. It's good for me because it means I waste my time less. Um, it, I, I just sniff it out and I, I don't, I don't suffer that shit gladly. Um, but it's good because that means I can move on and find the thing that really excites me, that really turns me on musically and. Um, hopefully that invades my playing on some level and helps me to achieve the same thing you know I'm looking for that for myself all the time and and for that to be natural as well I was having a conversation today about that about the importance of theory and sight reading all those things and somebody put forth the idea that those things are important uh, along with practicing a lot and, and learning vocabulary etc etc and the theory thing i think is amazing for discussing music verbally but it doesn't if you're thinking about that stuff as you perform it doesn't really do you a lot of good in real time to be thinking about the theoretical components of music actually i think it detracts from your performance in a in an immense way i think it really switches you off from being in the moment i always think about it as the uh, like the chain of events that are happening you have hopefully you're coming from a place of honesty and the musical idea is happening right there in your brain and you hear this now do you start to immediately think oh well I know that's an F Woo, nice F great and and with that F, I could have actually D flat, and I could have D minor. That could actually be a sus chord if C was in the bass. It could be a seven chord flat seven of G, or it could be a major set. Like, do you start thinking about all those theoretical possibilities, or does your brain just automatically go to somewhere that you know so well, somewhere that's like home, somewhere that's like this? this personal library of home let's call it a library of home and i, I think the, the importance of giving an honest performance and being a natural player is to have this vast library of what home is to you and what you can access at will without having to think about it and cutting down the amount of links in that chain i was talking about from the idea being one end of the chain and all those links in the middle that, that take you to the performance ideally there is there are just two links right there's the idea and the performance those things are joined together like the chain in a ship's anchor and there's just one connection an immediate connection from one to the other there aren't a ton of links in the chain you don't have to you know drop the anchor like a thousand feet to, uh, and think about all those notches all the way down to the seabed before you get to the idea hopefully the access is instant so to practice that i think it's all about repetition I don't think I would get to these voicings um, and and be able to reharmonize all these melodies I, I come up with and I you know I work on in composition if I didn't practice the fundamentals of triads like I'm doing right now. We've talked about I've talked about triads on the podcast before on the bass studio. Um, it, 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 you know, triad pairs are a massive part of the new book from practice to performance like it's not like this is a new concept i didn't invent this concept and i have talked about this a lot before but to give you the perspective of where i'm coming from and how i work on it i don't think i would get to 
don't think I could come up with that on the spot if I didn't have access to all of the options for that melody. So let's here we go into breaking it down and figuring out what it actually is. So first of all, forget about a harmonic analysis. First of all, let's listen to the melody because the melody is so prominent right here. This is something I got from my my classical guitar teacher, Peter Woodings, sadly no longer with us, but was such a huge influence on my life and it, on, on my uh, upbringing as a musician and as a human being, actually. He taught me a lot about life, but he was always, you know, classical guitar is, is quite, not exclusively, but quite often unaccompanied. So there's a lot of solo material for classical guitar. So whenever I would play a piece of music that was arranged for solo classical guitar, there would be at times a very prominent melody and a very specific accompaniment. And he was the, the one who really got me to listen to the melody and, and, to, and, and, and just say, just keep on telling me like, hey, can you hear the melody when you play? Like, can the, or can the, can the listener hear the melody? Like, where is it? Don't crowd the melody with the accompaniment. And the accompaniment could be very dense and very complex, or it could be super simple, like the one I'm kind of using here, just like this triplet figure. But listen to the balance, the relationship between the two. That's something I credit my classical kind of background with, and very specifically my classical guitar teacher, Peter Woodings, with this with this technique. And this awareness, you know, it's he was one of those great teachers that, that made you aware of the right things. You know, Lawrence Cottle was my bass mentor, in the beginning and never gave me a lesson. I, I begged him. I, I asked him so many times to give me lessons and he never would. But he would make me aware of things. He'd make me aware of albums. He'd make me aware of like, was that in unison or was that harmonized? He'd make me aware of like horn voicings and tell me people to check out like, oh, we, well, what about the way Earth, Wind and Fire did it or the way Tower of Power did it or Blood, Sweat and Tears did it? Like, how's the, you know, I was playing in a lot of horn section bands and wanted to understand harmony and arrangement. So he, he helped me be aware of the right things to listen to, but never spoon fed the shit to me. That's what I appreciate about any good teacher I've ever had. And I've had very few. I've had three great teachers. The third one, I think, being Hal Crook at Berkeley. There are there are others, and they're good, but like the great ones, I think. I hope I'm not insulting anyone here or forgetting anyone, but those are the three that anyway that spring to mind right this second. And the great ones make you aware of the direction. They make you aware of the surroundings, of the framework, of the basic idea, but they don't spoon feed you the pieces that all the pieces to make up the complete puzzle. They really fire your curiosity. And if you don't have the combination of, a, of an epic work ethic and endless amounts of curiosity, that, 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 then it's going to be a fucking long life trying to learn this shit. And maybe you don't have both of those things right now, but there are also ways. Another th good, I think another thing a good teacher can do is inspire you to find those things within yourself, you know? great teacher will recognize perhaps what those are maybe you haven't realized them yet and help steer you in the right direction and give you great gentle kind critical guidance um i think that's what i'm looking to do whenever i have an interaction with someone on a teacher student uh you know in that kind of situation 
that's what I'm looking looking to find. Like, where's the what's the thing that's really going to kick this person into overdrive to give them that epic work ethic and just this endless thirst for curiosity. You have to be curious. It has to be curiosity that drives what you do. Otherwise, you'll go for the shortcut. You won't want to do the work. The curiosity makes you do the work when you least really want to do it as well. The curiosity just is like, no way, man. I'm not letting you get away with this shit. Like, we're going to find out what this thing is and we're not going to give up until we've got it. So I think it's those things. If I'm trying to explain, I'm doing it a little long-windedly, but fuck it, that's what a podcast is for, right? It fucking amazes me the people who listen to the podcast and are like, yeah, man, too much talking. Oh, my God. It's a fucking podcast, not a radio show. <laughs> so fucking, I mean, I, you know what? I shouldn't be ripping on you because I actually appreciate it because it genuinely makes me laugh like a full stomach full stomach laugh that really gets me i'm like and then i'm like oh too much talking huh again gonna be a long life for you long in the sense of arduous not long in the sense of long and prosperous There's no shortage of me playing, by the way. Like, if you, if all you want to listen to is if you come on to the podcast and listen to the podcast and like, man, you talk too much and you don't play enough. There's no shortage of me playing the bass. Let's face it. I'm not exactly invisible on the internet. So if that's what you want, there are plenty of places to find that. I just really like to get into the stream of consciousness thing on the podcast. It helps me uncover new things me both musically and philosophically it helps me solidify those ideas it's been helping make notes for books and for lessons for yannick's bass studio for all kinds of things it's really quite uh therapeutic on some level it's very um important in my process so those of you who stick around listen who leave comments below YouTube and have questions and please do that if you have questions leave your questions if you're listening slash watching the thumbnail to this audio only podcast on YouTube please leave questions be in the discord and be a part of the conversation that's important too um, I appreciate that it all helps but let's let's listen to that melody the 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 the, the melody with the accompaniment See, the melody note becomes a part of the accompaniment. You hear that? So it's... I'm still playing. It's 159, 159 is the accompaniment. And, uh, sorry, 1510 is the accompaniment. And the 10 in this case is the, is the, is the melody. But listen to the way, you know, it's, it's, the, it's, it's the 10 on all, all three of the first chords, minor 10th and then major 10th. So listen how it's a melody note and then it's an accompaniment. kind of experimenting here i don't have a set melody past the first three chords so i'm experimenting and improvising in the moment
Again, I couldn't get to any of that without practicing the real fundamentals that you hear me working on so much, whether that's little clips I post on Instagram of practice sessions, whether that's uh, in the bass studio. We have the practice room in the bass studio. I do post tons of footage of my practice sessions, just sort of checking in with all the students, letting you guys know what I'm up to. So there's that whole kind of look behind the scenes in the bass studio. And, and th so there's no shortage of seeing that process. I do that because I think it's important to show that you know you don't just uh, get to a certain point and play a bunch of gigs and get a name for yourself get a few followers on instagram and then just stop you know that that thing about work ethic and curiosity has been there since i first started playing the bass when i was 15 and it's there now just as much actually if not more so now i think because i know more i'm a little more capable at certain things and I see more, I, I understand the possibilities more than I did back then. So I know how much harder I have to work now than when I was 15. If I'm going to realize, realize any of the things I, I have in my brain, any of the ideas, it's crazy. Like, I just don't want to, I said this kind of jokingly on the stream the other, the other day, but I just don't want to die and have sucked, you know? I don't want to be there like at the end thinking like, fuck, why didn't I do that? Wow, I should have tried. I know I'm going to be thinking that because there are just too many things to work on. But knowing that that is going to be like, and not in a morbid way or anything, I just, I'm probably going to have a laugh to myself, be a hundred years old and be like, oh shit, I really should have tried that combination of triads or something, you know? But just knowing that that's going to be me 50 years from now is such a motivator to get up every day and keep doing the work.
and also knowing when to leave it alone as well I'm not sure I'm not sure I can do any better than that right now uh, I'm also thinking about way too many things which is not great I try not to have my head cluttered uh, with so much stuff like yeah, I'm talking is for the podcast it's it's healthy and it's not a bad thing I just don't normally have my head cluttered with so much stuff when I'm going through this process it just brought up I think a few a few points that I feel are important to talk about um, I hope you got something out of that uh, like I said check out yannicksbasestudio.com 46 cents a day and uh, tons and tons of this kind of stuff video video lessons video courses going up there um, especially this month we're doing a big big filming binge this month so um, yeah make sure you're in the discord um, my discord server if you're watching on YouTube you can find a link to that in the description below this video and also if you're listening on YouTube um, leave a comment leave a question be good to do some uh, some Q&A episodes of the podcast as well so um, that's it happy new year people I'm glad we made it to 2021 um, let's hope this one goes down a little bit a little bit easier and we're kind of we're kind of back to it and um, hopefully seeing some of you in person really I'm just I cannot tell you how hard I'm working on that behind the scenes to be ready to go when that becomes a thing again and um, there are already sort of murmurs and rumblings of things that might be possible some things I'm really excited about in terms of some people I'm going to get to work with that I haven't worked with before so yeah I hope to be able to I'm not going to bring you any information before it's actually a thing I don't want to put a false hope out there but just to let you know there are there are many plans afoot many many fun things coming your way coming my way and uh, I can't wait to share them with you so thanks for listening we'll see you guys and girls chaps and chapettes of the base world on the next one.